Welcome to the Hope Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and TuneIn. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. And I'm Grayson Willis. Thank you for joining us today. And today we're joined by Vicki Barnes. Vicki, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for this opportunity to speak with you. Yeah, we're yeah. grateful to have you. We always like to start out with something kind of um, tasty. We always talk about ice cream. Mm. Do you like ice cream? I do. I love ice cream. What's your favorite? Oh, Definitely pistachio. Really? Um, I also love cookie dough. Yes. Mm. So where would you go get your ice cream? If you were going to have pistachio or cookie dough? I would go to Grammy's out in Dayton. Yeah. That's probably my favorite ice cream spot. Yeah. That's what. We get that occasionally. Yeah. I am trying to think what. Oh, black cherry was this week. Okay. Oh, good black cherry ice cream. And what do you like, Grace? Vanilla. Mine is always, we joke, because hers is always different. Mine's always the same. Yeah. So. Vanilla's good, too. Yep. It is, if it has something crunchy on it. Yeah. <laughs> I always pick on him. He, he just wants yeah. vanilla. Gotcha. Well, Vicki, if you'd like to start out telling us a little bit about uh, where you're from and about how you grew up. Yes, that's a bit of a... The where I'm from part is a bit of a long story, but that's okay. Um, my dad uh, was in the military, or he still is in the military, and uh, I was born in Oklahoma, moved to Germany when I was three in Wiesbaden, and we stayed there till I was 16. Then we moved to Prince George, Virginia, and we've pretty much settled there since my family lives there. I'm now in Harrisonburg. I moved here for college in 2016, and you asked about where I'm from in a little yeah, bit of how, family. how you yeah. grew up. Yeah, yeah so... Um, you know, mom and dad, they're amazing, love them. Um, my brother, I have an older brother, eight years older than me, and uh, now we have three dogs. We started off with one, and then two, and then <laughs> added our third um, this past year. He's a cute little puppy um, named Dash. Um, but yeah, so starting off, we didn't really attend church much when I was younger, but um, we always prayed before dinner, before going to bed. Um, I remember. Uh, my mom would always uh, tell me to sit by my bed and say my night prayers, oh. and uh, sometimes we'll still share them together over the phone before I go to bed um, occasionally. And yeah, you know, had a great time in elementary school. My brother and I are best friends. And then when he graduated in 2009, I was just starting sixth grade. Oh. So then he went into the workforce, and I was like, oh no, where is he? <laughs> um, and sixth grade was. Uh, a time. It was fun, but very uh, dramatic, I'd say. Uh, <laughs> lots of changes going on. Yeah. You know, you got some tween, uh, preteen mm -hmm. stuff going on, all of the drama. And yeah, I really missed him. We used to play games together, we used to hang out and just do fun stuff. We used to eat ice cream all the time mm -hmm. together and watch movies. So yeah, when he came back, it didn't feel quite the same. Uh, but over the years, our relationship has repaired and we've been mm -hmm able to bake together sometimes and we've sat and watched movies and played games together still so there's kind of like that restoration of the childhood and both of us yeah. coming back with one another that's awesome yeah that's really good when you find those ways to connect again and it's really special when it's some of the same ways you connected as children right exactly yeah, yeah. so how did you end up in the valley well when i was in my senior year of high school in uh, prince george high school 
I was looking to apply to colleges. So I'd had a few universities in this area reach out. I had Bridgewater reach out and um, Mary Baldwin and a few mm-hmm. other places. And EMU was one of those. And when I had taken my SAT in, I think that same year or maybe the year before in 2015, I had checked off that I wanted Christian universities to reach out to me mm-hmm. because at that time I was still a Christian. But, you know, life happened. I call it my year without God. Mm-hmm. I decided to do things on my own, take things in my own hands. Uh, So then when EMU started reaching out to me, one of the admissions counselors, I was like, I don't want to respond to his messages. And he would call faithfully once every few days, once a week, email. And I was like, I don't want to hear from this. But, you know, I never unsubscribed. I never blocked the number. And that was all God. Because in January of 2016, at my lowest um, mentally, I was like, I know I need something, but what is it? So it was God. Um, And then I remembered EMU had reached out to me, and I was like, I need anything that's got God on it. So Mm -hmm. I applied. I got accepted, and I shared with my parents about EMU a little bit. My dad looked into it, and he was like, that's great. Let's go visit. We visited. That was the only university we visited in person. Wow. Yes, and I loved it. So I applied to the uh, international business program there. So what was that like? said, okay, I'll have God in my life. What was it like coming to campus? Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's a big question. So I I came to campus wanting community. I'd had some before, um, before my family had moved from Germany to the United States, but um, I felt very lonely. Um, I had a couple great friends from high school, but they went to different universities. So coming to campus, I was expecting godly friends, I was expecting more of a, an exploration of faith, and I didn't quite get that starting off going to EMU. I knew I needed discipleship, but I didn't know what discipleship actually meant. Right. Um, so, you know, I came in, I wanted to get involved, so I got involved with why serve, but it's great to serve, don't get me wrong. I needed the foundation of Christ in my life again. And so I'd started reading my Bible again at some points, did some morning devotionals, but it was never on a regular basis. So I do them once a week, maybe once every couple weeks. But the college lifestyle got to me. So, you know, I did a little bit of everything. I went out with my friends partying, did a bunch of different clubs. I was involved with the Latino Student Alliance and other organizations, which that was great, but none of that had God on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I desired. And I didn't get that first starting off at EMU. Yeah. And I think that's can be a little bit of a, you know, we think we're going to a Christian college, and it doesn't necessarily mean that there's not Christian teaching there. Mm -hmm. It's just not everyone going there is wanting that, right? right? Like you're not, I think that's any Christian college. You know, it's any college. You know, everyone shows up, we're human, right? Right. And I think especially at that age, when you are looking for something, you know, there's God has put this passion in our heart for him but if we don't know how to guide that, that passion will attach to anything, right? right. Like anything in a party or whatever, yes. like, oh, this looks fun. And I'm looking for community and these folks are having fun together. So, right. You know, exactly. Um, yeah. So you find yourself in different situations. And right. so how did that change for you? Did someone come into your life? Of course, the Lord. But how did your community change? That's a great question. When I was going into my second semester, um, I got closer to two of our ministry assistants on my hall in Elmwood. And, uh, you know, I'd have conversation with them. And 
I didn't realize that one of them had actually put my name in to be a ministry assistant the following year because they knew I wanted a deeper relationship with Christ. And, you know, I still think about them to this day. I have little cards that they used to write us with encouraging words and verses on them. And so that was kind of the start of that. So then in 2017, starting off my sophomore year, I came in as a ministry assistant, but I still didn't quite have that faith foundation with God. So um, I started dabbling in some New Age stuff too, uh, New Age spirituality things. And uh, then I met Gabe and Justice Kreider, who attend Divine Unity Community Church on campus one day. It was um, on the EMU Hill. We had a bonfire, some people from my hall in our building, and I ran into them. So then two weeks after meeting them there, Gabe came and sat with me at Common Grounds, which is our campus coffee shop. And he said, I know you from somewhere. I said, I don't think you do. I don't know you. (laughs) (laughs) Then he said, no, I've definitely seen you somewhere. What's your name? And I shared with him my name. He said, well, you should come hang out with us. So I look over and there are a lot of people sitting on couches. And it was super intimidating because at that time I struggled with friendships um, and keeping good friendships around, especially the ones who are Christ-centered. So I looked and I was like, no, thank you. I'm good. But thanks for the invite. (laughs) He's like, we've got pizza. Are you sure? And, you know, now thinking about that, food really does bring a lot of college students in, but that wasn't enough for me. So then my friend was actually sitting over there and I was thinking, please don't say this. And she was like, hey, come eat pizza with us. She just came over and tapped me. I said, no, thank you. I'm good. And then Gabe yelled across the coffee shop, Vicky, come eat pizza with us. And I was thinking, <laughs> oh, no. And everybody turns to look at me and now I have to go. And there were maybe 12, 15 people oh. sitting over there. And half of those people in the group that, you know, some of them moved on from college, they're still my friends now. And mm. I still see them pretty often. And we hang out, you know, wonderful. drink tea. So that was the beginning of lifelong friendships for me. Mm-hmm. So discipleship, what does that look like? Great question. I didn't realize I was going through these four E's that every nation calls them. But so the engaged stage um, is our first E. And that was what I had been brought into when they invited me to eat pizza with them. And then eventually it came into, hey, let's like come to small group with us, Um, come bake cookies with us in North Lawn and things like that, because that's when we had a little bit more freedom on campus before the pandemic. So people would just be like, let's bake cookies together. And everybody's crowded in the great lounge and it's just fun. (laughs) Then eventually I moved into the E stage, which is established. So Gabe randomly one uh, day while he was on campus said, do you lead a small group? I said, kind of, you know, I invite people to a Bible study on my hall, but not really. It happens once every month or something. And he was like, lead the small group with these three other people. And of those three other people, two of them are great friends and they just got married, Tay and Oksana. And the other person, I still see him and his wife at Doug all the time. And his wife is Gabe's sister, actually, Uh. which is fun to see that connection. Yeah, but he said, lead the small group with them. I said, oh, goodness, I'm not qualified. I wasn't, but, you know, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. So, you know, I'm sitting there. I don't know how to lead anything. But um, when I meet with my friends, sometimes now, Tay will always say, you know what? She didn't know much about the Bible at the time, but she could go grab somebody and bring them in to learn more about it with her. (laughs) And um, I just I was at that established stage where, okay, I was starting to establish my foundations after I'd been engaged. So then I started reaching other people so they could get engaged. And then the third stage, Equip, that's where 
we give students tools, um, students or other people, whoever we're discipling, uh, to yeah learn how to make disciples as well. So that's where I learned all of the things, like the four E's, for example, how to actually make mm-hmm. disciples of Christ, um, how to share the gospel in a you know condensed way, not in the long twenty minute version that I would give right. people, mm-hmm. and you know other tools like how do you have these certain conversations with people about these things? Um, so it was really cool to learn those things. And the last E is um, empower. So, you know, they empower students as they go through those stages to go out and make disciples and be active followers of Christ and making followers. So that was the last stage. But technically, um, some of that stage comes throughout because we always encourage people as soon as you've accepted the Lord Jesus as your Savior um, and repented of your sins, you can go out and tell anybody about this. So tell us a little bit about the ministry. So you already shared just a little bit about that. So you got engaged with this ministry. Mm -hmm. Tell us the name of the ministry, a little bit about the ministry, like where it kind of started. Tell us what you're giving your life to right now. Gotcha. Yeah. Wow. So the ministry is called Every Nation. That's kind of the broader network. The campus ministry itself is called Every Nation Campus, so Mm -hmm. we shorten it to ENC. Where did it start? Well, we as a campus ministry actually started back in 2001 uh, with Pastor Chris Johnson, who is pastor at Divine Unity Community Church. He had this desire to live righteously, so he invited other people to do so with him. So uh, over several years, people kept coming into the ministry. People were getting saved. And then in 2012, he and his wife and some others started Divine Unity Community Church. And so uh, from what I know of that story, over time, they had a couple of rebrandings. I think initially it was called Do-Rag and then oh, called... I was just getting ready. Yeah. I used to go to when they were meeting in Harrisonburg High School on Friday nights. I would go wow. to the worship service. That's awesome. Yeah, wow. I was yeah. there. That's so cool. <laughs> it's great that you were a part of that initial, um, I guess founding or starting of the campus ministry. Um, I think it's a funny name too, just considering culturally where a lot of our pastors and other members have come from and Mm -hmm. things. So I remember uh, hearing about Durag. And so it's great that you were there. Uh And there's this couple that I know of as well. They taught at EMU who said that when they came back from missions, they started going to that Uh Friday night service Uh as well. And I think that's amazing because it wasn't just a mission that was reaching one type of people, right. only college students or only people of this, you know, ethnicity or this culture yeah. or this right. race. It was a multi-generational, multi-ethnic yeah. and multicultural movement, it which was. is now what our church duck is. Yes. They're all Absolutely. of those things. And so when you come into our church building, you see multi-generational, multi-ethnic, and multicultural worship. And I think that is absolutely amazing. Yes. But then it was called Do You Divine Unity University. Uh, and then Duck became a part of the Every Nation network of churches and ministries. I'm not sure exactly what year, and that's when we were officially rebranded as ENC. Okay. So, yeah. yeah Very good. I remember, um, and I believe this was Durag also, this was at least five, probably six or more years ago, Pastor Billy at our church, who's our pastor of discipleship, started out as our college and young adult pastor, and he was trying to do a ministry within the campus, and he reached out. He's uh, friends with Chris Johnson and reached wow. out to him. And I know there was one night, um, it was right before we left to go on a men's retreat the next morning, me and a friend 
um, from college went. Uh, Pastor Billy was speaking, and I believe Chris Johnson spoke at this event. It was on campus at JMU, mm-hmm. and it was just, just like you said, all nationalities, all ages, all denominations coming together as one just to see the gospel proclaimed, and it was really good. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I'm glad you had that experience, too. <laughs> yeah. 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 And as I remember, the way I ended up there is I have a friend and her daughter was like, we need to go to this. And we're like, hey, if there's a worship event, we're going to, you know, right. like, so it was a very encouraging and uplifting service. You know, it was, Chris is always uplifting, you know, and yeah. encouraging. So it's been uh, really amazing to watch that journey that he's been on and, and where he's at and right. where the church is. It's just beautiful. So, yeah. yeah. So now we have some backstory. So you were, you were getting engaged and helping, you know, lead the study and now, what are you doing? Now, I am officially a campus minister uh, with Every Nation, uh, going back to reach my alma mater of Eastern Mennonite University. And I'm so excited to be on this journey. And honestly, I didn't realize this is what I'd be doing after graduating. I expected many different things, but I am so pleased and so happy with this journey. So now, you are getting to go onto campus and doing what Gabe did, right? Yes. What does that right. look like? Well, in what ways? Just the well, way that just, I engage people? Just how do you, like, you and I have had coffee and talked and, right. you know, just engaging in those one-on-one conversations, inviting mm-hmm. people maybe into your home, like, just the day-to-day, like, what right. does it look like to be on the campus and yeah. how do you engage students? Yeah, that's a great question. So, I am one person who loves to embrace awkward situations, and I've had so many of those. I actually had one today briefly. So before I came here, actually, I ran into a friend from college. His name's Blake, and we were amazing friends. I was friends with his girlfriend, and I'm planning to meet with them soon. He came in with another person who's a student at EMU. And so, you know, I'm talking to my friend Blake or whatever, and we're just, um, yeah, we're catching up over the past couple years. And then I realized I didn't introduce myself to his friend, and I felt bad because I kind of taken him away from his friend for a few minutes. So I just walked up and I said, you know what? I am so sorry for that. I'm Vicky. What's your name? And so I'm planning to meet up with him for coffee or something soon just to get to know him mm-hmm. a little bit, yeah. um, you know, get to know what he's yeah. doing on campus, um, what life has for him right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are a lot of the ways my conversations start. I meet people through other people that I've met on campus. Some of them I attended class with when I was still a student. Uh, Some of them are my friends of other students that I've met over time. Last week, I met a lady at a bowl of good uh, who said she liked my necklace. And I saw she had an EMU sweatshirt on. So then we just started talking about (laughs) her time at EMU. And we're planning to meet up soon, too. And so a lot of them are just amazing chance encounters of I see you, you look familiar, or I see that you have something that represents this. Let's talk, let's have a conversation. And they have been so life-giving. Coffee is one of the biggest ways that I connect with people because I love coffee um, and I love getting other people coffee. That's one of the ways I love to give. And you know, people, I was reading this thing online how if you have a warm something in someone's hand, a warm cup of soup or coffee or hot chocolate or something, they're more willing to open up. And so Mm -hmm. that's been the case with myself. And I love it when other people are willing to be vulnerable with me because there's a level of trust there, um, of confidentiality, and we all need that. So, right. yeah. yeah, yes, we certainly do. 
Vicky, as you were talking about how the students first engaged you and, you know, you were kind of not sure at first, mm-hmm. but now you're the one engaging others. Maybe somebody's sensing the Holy Spirit prompting them to do something they're unsure about it. Right. What would you say to them to just prompt them? Because we know that God has better plans for us than we have for ourselves. You yes. mentioned that, not knowing that you would be involved in this ministry, doing this after you graduated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tell people to go for it. Granted, that's very hard. I'm a very stubborn person sometimes. So even getting here, I knew it, but there were times where I was like, God, are you sure? I was kind of doubting or had those moments of, "Mm, I don't know about this. I could be doing something I think is better. I always tell people, don't be afraid to question God. I think there's a difference between questioning God and doubting God. I ask God a lot of questions all the time. I'm like, God, are you really sure? Like, are you sure? Are you sure I should be doing campus ministry? Should I go up and talk to this person? But if it is something good, and if I I feel like this very physical feeling in my stomach, it's churning and it's making me off kilter. Like if I'm eating something or drinking something, I have to stop because it's like, if I don't do this thing right now, the feeling won't go away. And so I always try to tell people to lean in but don't be afraid to ask God questions and you know sometimes I'm like just take that first step and over time it gets easier to make those decisions of those leadings of the Holy Spirit you know when you think when you talk about asking questions I agree 100 percent like God's big enough to handle whatever we throw at him right Mm -hmm. and he'd rather we throw it at him you know even if it's our questions our frustrations he helps us to work those things out when we voice those and some of the greatest scripture that we have are when people ask Jesus questions. Mm-hmm. I think about Thomas. You know, he asks them the question, and Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Like, right. we wouldn't have that had the question. I mean, we would still have it, but he asked a question that has given Christians hope all through um, the ages. And there's just so many times, if you look at the questions that were asked of Jesus, the richness that came in the answers um, still speaks um, to us today. And so I always encourage people to ask questions and of God, ask questions in community, you know, ask questions because that's the way we learn. It's the way we can work through some of our doubts. And yeah, God is really faithful to show up in those places and help us figure out that way. You know, right. Psalm 139 Five says that he goes before us, he makes a way. Mm-hmm. He certainly does. And when we are honest, um, he knows whether we're honest or not, but I think it, <laughs> it blesses him when we can just come to him as children and ask yeah. questions. Definitely. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Yeah. And I love the way that, you know, the Spirit leads, right? The Spirit leads. Um, I think of divine appointment, mm-hmm. what you're doing on the campus um, around Harrisonburg. Like you are looking for those divine appointments that God really sets up. You can't set them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have that. Uh, but when we see what God brings us together with people, and it's just a beautiful thing. And we have to make margin in our life for that, right? Yes. Um, you so have true. to have margin in your life if you're going to allow God to use you in those types of ways. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Well, Vicki, if anybody was interested in supporting every nation— Um, or getting involved in some way, what would be the best way for them to do that or the best way for them to get a hold of you uh, to find out information or how to support it? Right, yeah. So my phone number is pretty much everywhere now on business (laughs) cards, on prayer cards or whatever else. Um, So my phone number is um, 
always the easiest way to call or text. Um, so is my email address. I try to respond within a day as often as I can. And there's also, uh, I usually send out an introduction letter just to get them to know this is my face. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the name to the face. Uh, so, yeah. And what's your email address? My email address is vicky.barnes at everynation.org. So that would be spelled V as in Victor, I-C-K-I dot B as in beta, A-R-N-E-S at everynation.org. Well, yeah, that's a great way people can email. Um, I would say it's a great, um, just to think about folks on our campuses seeking out others that, like we are all children created by God, right? Uh, We all have this desire in us. Uh, We don't always know what that desire is, but you are on the campus. You are feet on the ground, boots on the ground, um, doing the work of the Lord, looking for those people that are ready to have that relationship, to build that relationship within community and, of course, with the Lord. And so it's a great um, investment for anyone listening that just is maybe looking for a way to um, invest in a community. Um, It is a great way um, to invest these are people, this isn't program, we're investing right. in people, right? right. It is a program, yes. but it's a program that puts right. people face-to-face with the lost. And so it's just a shameless plug for supporting um, every nation on our campuses. And also, another way people can support is through prayer. So how can yes. they be in prayer for you and for every nation campus ministry? That's great. Yes, prayer is so important. For me, honestly, just be praying that I can develop this uh, partnership team as quickly as possible. Um, The quicker that I can get uh, to become a fully funded missionary is the sooner I can actually be full-time on the campus. So spend all of my 40 hours or more on the campus with students. Um, And for every nation, and especially for the campus, just praying that the lost souls become apparent to us, that as we see people who are hurting and longing that there's an openness on both parts. Um, There's an openness in their heart, uh, whether they want it or not, that there's an openness still to hear more about God, about the gospel, and um, just that we can all be light, uh, salt and light. Yeah. So I just have to go back and kind of, as we are kind of wrapping up, thinking about your struggle when you came on campus. Mm -hmm. What a testimony that you have to be able to share with others this story of hope, understanding what it's like to have some disappointment, some discouragement in your life, what it was like to come into community and how that changed your life because you were questioning God. Mm -hmm. And I think it is so important that we have these moments where we don't just take everything hook, line, and sinker, but we have the opportunity to make sure that our foundation is firm in our own faith. And so I I just wanted to say that really, I'm grateful that you shared that with us today because now it helps me to see why God has given you such a passion for the kids on the campus because that was you. And it's beautiful um, when we can take our mess and use it. God just takes our mess and makes it into a message that can bring hope to others. That's good. As those listening today you may feel like you can't share your story, that no one would understand that you would be judged. And actually, it may be the very thing that saves others. When God takes our mess and redeems it, then we're ready to share that hope with other people. Yeah, right. um, That's so true. 
just hoping that if you're listening and you're there, uh, you have worth and your story is of great value. Yes. And uh, also, I think it was neat about what you were sharing about, you know, the struggle. You said there was something missing and you couldn't quite, and it was the Lord. And nothing else can fill that void except for him. Right. And that's the important message. Yes, that's so true. Thank you. Well, Vicki, anything else uh, that you'd like to share uh, that we haven't asked you already or that you haven't mentioned already just in closing? I can't think of anything right now. I just, I guess this is another prayer request. Just, yeah, praying, uh, not even just for the students on campus, but for the world, um, Mm -hmm. that there are a lot of people that have that hole, that there's an openness um, Mm -hmm. to receiving whatever God is doing and that we can be there for them. Yeah, you know, I'm very grateful that we have a God that pursues us mm-hmm. and that, you know, he has placed us as believers on this earth. There's not another set of believers somewhere coming to take over, right? Right. We are the church. Mm-hmm. And whether we're on a campus, in a workplace, in our home, in our communities, wherever we are, um, God has placed us there to be light. Right. Yes. And to be different and to live in such a way that would attract others to God, not to themselves, but to right. God. And so it's just a challenge. It challenges me, and I'm grateful that he's redeemed me. You know, yes. He's bought us with a price, and we're his. And I think of this light, of this community, this valley, for instance. We're here to bring the light to, if you think about every believer being a light bulb, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We want to sh- want the valley to shine. Yes. Um, and we want God to be glorified. So thank you for what you're doing. Thank yes. you for doing your part and coming to Harrisonburg to EMU and staying. Yes. Right. To share the gospel. Here. What a great story. Thank right. you. I appreciate it. Yes. Right. Well, Vicki, thank you for joining us for today's broadcast of Hope Talks. It's been great to have you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. We pray that as you've heard Vicki Barnes' testimony and also her share about every nation that today's broadcast has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's podcast of Hope Talks. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe for updates and the latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg, Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.